The following sermon was delivered during morning worship at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. We welcome you to worship with our vibrant community of faith every Sunday on the corner of Fifth Avenue and 55th Street in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. And now, here is our guest preacher for today's service. Our scripture reading comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you, bless, and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you are heaping burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. And to that we say, thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Jesus Christ, son of the living God. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. Have mercy on us. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation on all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, our strength, our hope, our rock, our love, and our redeemer. Amen. When we embark on a new thing, it can be equally fun and exciting as it is scary. I can recall the faces of some of the young couples I have married over the years especially their faces when they're ready to go down the aisle. Each were excited to start a new life with their one and only love and nervous for the adventure of a new life together for this new phase of their relationship. For many, it was a new job or a new house or a new town. All of it comes with the dreams of how life will be amazing and different. 
And all of that newness is also filled with fear and trembling for all that will change in the face of the next new thing. New is exciting. New is appealing. New can take your breath away, but new can also be intimidating. New can be unsettling. New can be downright terrifying. When I'm helping couples find scripture for their wedding day, I'm often drawn to the language found in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. I tell them, yes, I know 1 Corinthians 13 is a classic, but the language found in this Romans passage is filled with encouragement for any couple or community embarking on something new. You see, Paul had an understanding. He knew what it was like to pull together a new group of believers. In his letters to the early church, we find not only encouragement, but words and language to set the tone for what it means to be in relationship with one another. In this new community of Jews and Gentiles, in this new movement of disciples of Jesus, Paul sets out a framework for what it means to love and be in covenant with one another. By the time I've said all this, the couple is ready to embrace the Romans passage as a key scripture for their wedding ceremony. Paul reminds this group of believers that love looks different as a follower of Jesus Christ. Love should be genuine. Love leads us to cling to good and hate what is evil. Love leads us to outdo one another in care and compassion. Love will keep you committed to empathy and holding space for pain and grief and to come together and celebrate what is good and to give thanks for it. Love in this new community calls upon everyone to reach out to the stranger and the marginalized. Love like this operates in peace and rejects injustice and oppressive forces. By the time I'm done talking with the new couple-to-be, they love the encouragement found in this text. It offers tangible ways to express love, which isn't always easy. Finding the right words and actions to demonstrate love in any new phase of a relationship takes courage and practice and the power and strength of God. I love the look on the couple's faces as they're preparing to say, I do. They say, we can do this. We love each other in ways that are genuine and authentic and true. Just like a couple on the brink of starting a new marital life together, we are watching the church cross the threshold of a new reality of what it means to be the church in 2020. As a presbyter in Atlanta, I serve over 80 plus congregations and we're cheering for 26 new worshiping communities. And I will always remember the weekend of March 15th, 2020. I watched pastors in our presbytery jump on a thread on Facebook to see who was switching to online worship that weekend. Our staff scrambled together to make a list to see who was changing their format for something that was only supposed to last a few weeks or maybe a couple of months. It's almost five months later. And we now know that we must do life and church in a new way. 
I watched staid and steady mainline ministers become TV evangelists, tech gurus, videographers, social media content creators, and Zoom specialists overnight. Let's be honest. This new thing in the life of our branch of the church is a little scary and continues to shake us a bit. If we're going to be honest, many of us have felt vulnerable in this new thing. It's raised questions and anxiety and concerns about what it means to be the church during this time and from now on. Just like the new couple heading into this new phase of our lives, we too may need some new tools and practices to live into this new reality. Of the weddings I've officiated, I remember getting a frantic text from a newlywed about six or seven months after the wedding. I got a text when the newlyweds had experienced what we call that first big fight in a marriage. If you've never experienced it, it can be absolutely terrifying. The text started off like this. Aisha, I think this marriage is over. We've never fought like this. We, it feels like we're not speaking the same language. We don't see eye to eye. How can we even go forward? I asked simply, I wonder if you all need to learn how to speak the right love language. We talked on the phone. We talked about the modern classic, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman and how he lifts up ways in which couples need to learn the love language of their mate. Five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, receiving gifts, and physical touch. The difference in these languages is like the difference between hearing the words I love you in Spanish or Arabic or Korean or Russian or Japanese or Swahili or English. New couples must learn the language of the other as one would learn a new unknown language so that their mate can receive love, so they can learn and grow together, so they can tackle new obstacles. Well, church, we need to learn some new love languages. Church, we are in a season like we've never seen before. We need to lean in and learn new languages of love to proclaim the gospel to those who are hungry and thirsty for a word from the Lord. The world needs to hear two distinct languages in this season. They need to hear the gospel through the language of digital space and through the language of justice. Let's talk about the language of digital space. We need to become what I like to call virtual and vital congregations. I'll be honest, I was saving that theme for 2021, but it looks like we've started a bit early. We need to use languages of love as it relates to tech, for worship, for teaching, for preaching, for outreach, for connection, for hope, for healing, for restoration. I remember having to use AOL Instant Messenger chat around the year 2000. I had no idea what a chat room was at that time. But I learned it. I learned it not because I loved it. 
I learned it because I loved the kids in my youth, youth group. I didn't know that the world was changing and that this type of digital love language would be necessary so that folks could hear the gospel in new ways. And I've had to keep learning through Facebook and social media and online drives and Zoom meetings and live streaming and the learning will continue. One of the elders in our presbytery asked me, Aisha, do you think that PCUSA should think about virtual only congregations? I gasped. I thought, virtual stained glass? You've gotta be kidding me. But perhaps the spirit is at work asking us to reimagine all ways to proclaim the gospel, even in digital space. The other language that we need to learn, the love language of justice. When I think of the language of justice, I think about how our presbytery had planned to simply learn about what it means to be a Matthew 25 church in the year 2020. We were going to talk about building congregational vitality, and we were going to talk about dismantling systemic racism, and we were going to talk about eradicating poverty. We were supposed to study and educate, engage, and act. We had no idea that we would have a crash course in justice speak as we watch our country mourn and torn apart over the murders of Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd, just to name a few. And we still have to speak this love language of justice, even in the midst of a global pandemic. Friends, we have a choice as we celebrate what it means to be the church in new and unprecedented ways. We can lead with fear and trembling until we go back to the way things used to be, or we can walk in power and assurance into this new reality with the power of the living God guiding us every step of the way. If we're going to step into this new reality, we must cling to God's promises of old. The promises that God spoke to God's people through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 43. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. The words of promise to God's people are words for us today. Friends, the new thing before us is the now thing. We can never go back to the way things used to be. The new thing is the now thing. Now is the time to ask, how will we continue to engage people both in in-person worship and online? How will we continue to make more disciples when we can literally walk hand in hand together with them? When the day comes to slowly move back to in-person worship, how will you demonstrate true hospitality by creating an atmosphere both virtually and both in person as a virtual and vital congregation? Friends, the new thing 
is the now thing. The COVID-19 pandemic has exposed the pandemic of racial and economic injustice and disparities in our society. How will we use our voices, our resources, our influence, our power, our prayer, and productivity to seek justice for those who have died and are dying because of systemic racism and oppression. When things calm down, and they will calm down, how will this new thing be the now thing so that we are the church who stands in the gap for those who sit at the margin? We must cling to God's promises and rely fully on God's power as we face the new thing that has become the now thing. Hear more of God's promises from the prophet Isaiah in chapter 43. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Friends, here's the good news. God has called us to be leaders who can speak new languages of love in this world. God has equipped us in this season to be disciples in digital space who walk down the long road of truth and justice. God is doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I want to leave you with a few words of encouragement as we live into the new thing that is becoming the now thing. First, rejoice. A new thing means that there is still life in you. It means that God has plans for you to fulfill and God will give you everything you need to fulfill it. The second thing is you are embracing the new thing that's becoming the now thing is to repent. We have to let go of our fixation of church as we once knew it. We may need to open our eyes to new ways that God is asking us to be the church. We may have reduced church to a building. We must repent for the ways we have also been complicit when it comes to seeking justice for all and not when it's convenient. As we look at the new thing becoming the now thing, we have to rely Rely on God's spirit to live into this new thing. He will not be able to make it one more day in a pandemic, offering digital worship and standing up for justice. If you don't fully rely on God who loves you so much, you can't do it alone, but you can do it with God's help. And with God's help, you can turn this world upside down for God's goodness and for God's glory. Finally, we need to rebuild. We need to rebuild how we live and how we serve and how we love and how we share the gospel. We need God's spirit to help us rebuild our lives and our churches and our community and the world. I think this season of quarantine has the ability to rebuild in us resilience if we let it. In this season, and always. May we be open to learning new languages of love so that those around us hear the message of love and know that our love is genuine. May they know that our love is authentic, that our love cares for neighbor and stranger, that our love calls us to stand up for justice. And may they know 
that we love because God has taught us by loving us first. And it is God's love that has the power to heal and to save and to transform and to make all things new. Do you not perceive it? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, Amen. And now receive this benediction. As you live, move, and have your being, live with hope, love with zeal, lean in with excitement as you learn new ways to proclaim the good news of justice, inclusion, and peace, knowing that God is with you always. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.